perhaps the most memorable encounter I've had with anyone. If you know, if you can detect that the customer's about to leave their products behind in the cart, like don't wait till they leave. Technology is going to make it easy to understand, hey, here's a visitor. They've got 50 bucks in the cart. They're on the cart page. And then based on some mouse movement or if it's mobile and time on site or kind of tabbing between apps, we know they're about to leave the cart behind. Welcome to the Own Your Commerce podcast, where leading experts, brands, and innovators reveal strategies for e-commerce growth. I'm your host, Jay Myers, and this show is brought to you by Bold Commerce. Here's a fun fact. Did you know subscription companies have outpaced the S&P 500 by over 400% in the last eight years? Yeah, that's right. And subscriptions as a segment of e-commerce have grown over 100% every year since 2011. E-commerce as a whole has grown around 14%, but subscription e-commerce businesses have grown 100% year over year. It's crazy. Gartner Research also predicts by 2023, 75% of all direct-to-consumer e-commerce brands will have a subscription or a membership offering. So long story short, you probably should be thinking about how subscriptions and memberships play into your e-commerce strategy. And that's a great reason why you should attend SubSummit in a couple weeks. It's the largest subscription e-commerce conference in North America. We're very proud to be the title sponsor of it at Bold. I'll personally be delivering two talks that I think are going to be extremely valuable. One is titled Subscribe to Success, where we're interviewing a merchant that you would not expect to have a subscription business, but they found a way to pivot to it during the pandemic. And I think there's going to be a lot you learn from that. We're also going to be talking about what is a subscription value stack. And that's if I ask you, what is all the value you provide to your customers other than the products they get? You need to have a good answer for that. So we're going to dive into that. Uh, it's going to be a great conference. I hope you can attend. It's free this year because it's virtual. So just head to subsummit.com and register there. Today on the show, we have Ben Jabaway. He's the CEO of Privy, who, if you haven't heard of Privy, I'm a little, I'd be a little bit surprised because, well, over 500,000 stores use Privy. That's right, 500,000. That's mind-blowing. On this show, we talked a lot about the importance of growing your email list. And, you know, email lists are not just for emailing. There's a lot of other things you can do with an email list, which we're going to dive into the show. I'll just give you one of them running Facebook ads against email. I just, you can target those. You can create segments in Facebook and target them. That's just one, but we'll dive into it. Um, what's the difference between checkout abandonment and cart abandonment? And why does it matter? It's a great episode. I had a ton of fun talking with Ben. Let's dive into it. Ben, welcome to the show. And that's really one of the core missions of your company, isn't it? To to drive extra revenue for merchants? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, that's how we talk about our mission. And one of our core values is measuring our success by the impact we have for our merchants, for sure. So what is Privy? What, what is Privy and why did you build it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Privy, I would describe as an all-in-one marketing platform for Shopify. So we offer three products each focus on a different component of the funnel. First is converting traffic, email marketing, and text marketing for driving repeat sales. Why did I start it? I, so I started this company. So both of my parents were entrepreneurs and I have a background in engineering. And I was like the guy that was like, build me a website and what's email marketing and Google ads. And I was just like doing stuff for each of them and saw this trend where, you know, 
Whereas historically, they were kind of going out and paying thousands to agencies to build stuff and manage stuff for them. They were starting to adopt more technology self-serve. And you know, I thought, wow, like I love my parents, but they're not very tech savvy. So if, if my parents are starting to adopt technology, like imagine what's happening with other small businesses out there. And you know, I was looking at what Groupon was doing and MailChimp and Constant Contact and really felt like there was an opportunity to kind of build something new with small businesses in mind. So when was that? When did Preview launch? Oh my God, Jeff. <laughs> Roughly. So long ago. Like I actually started the company in 2012 and we, uh, at the time, we, I didn't even know what e-commerce was. So we, we were originally focused on brick and mortar retail at the time, kind of fumbled to find our way a little bit. You know, we didn't build for Shopify until 2016. I think we yeah. entered the Shopify market. Really? I thought, yeah. okay, I feel, I feel like it was sooner than that, but interesting. Maybe it's 2015. I, I don't even know, but I think it was, yeah, I think it was like June, 2016. But you were on other platforms before Shopify. Yeah, we were, we were on Magento. We had a WordPress plugin. So we had a bunch of woo activity, Squarespace, like different, different things like that. Yeah. So what are some of the things when a merchant's thinking about marketing related to Privy, how does Privy help and what things related to marketing should they consider Privy for? Yeah. Good question. So I think generally we tend to like overcomplicate things as humans, right? So if you just boil down e-commerce to its simplest form, it's about driving traffic to the store, converting first-time purchases, and driving repeat sales. Like that's kind of the key. And we built Privy to focus on first-time sales and repeat sales, right? So I think there's this stigma out there that you just buy Instagram ads, you drive traffic to your store, and that's kind of all you need to do. The reality is that very few of those clicks turn into a sale in the first visit, right? So things that Privy offers that you can create and design and all that stuff are things like pop-ups, dynamic shipping bars, cart savers, email marketing, right? All stuff we offer that are the types of tools that you'll actually put in place to actually get that person to buy for the first time and then again and again. So what do you call yourself? Is it a marketing platform or like when, like what's the... Yeah, we just call it all-in-one marketing for e-commerce. An all in there you go. So, <laughs> so I've heard you use the phrase, I can't remember where this was, but you might've been another podcast. So I can't remember. Um, you, you said you need to turn visitors into relationships. Yeah. What does, what does that mean to you? Yeah. So I think, um, I think there's like some data out there. Don't quote me on this, but that it takes seven interactions for a customer hmm. before they make a purchase with you. And like even in, in, in your own store's data, right? Like what's your store's conversion rate? Probably 2%, maybe 3%, maybe less, maybe more, but, but somewhere around there, right? So what that means is that, you know, 98% or so of people who visit your site aren't placing an order. And, you know, we really like catapulted in this ecosystem because the one thing that we started with was just helping you turn more of that traffic that's anonymous, that isn't buying into a relationship, an email relationship, a contact that you can just simply communicate with after they've left your site and try to bring them back. Like that was it, right? So for that person who might take four or five or six or seven touches before they're ready to purchase, 
just building an email relationship is a way to like continue educating them off of your site and bring them back. Okay. So on a very practical level, so Privy captures the email through various forms. I know you have, there's pop-ups, there's the the spins, there's different, the wheel, I don't know if you call them spinny wheels. People love spin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Love or hate it. Love or hate, they work. And then, so Privy, you can integrate that with an email platform or you can do it right within Privy or how does that relationship building happen? Yeah. So um, we actually, we've built an email marketing solution as well for for e-commerce. So um, you can build your list using those types of tools inside of Privy. And then you can also like set up your your welcome series, your card abandonment, your post-purchase series, your newsletters. You can be doing all of that inside of Privy as well. Or if you're already using a platform for email marketing like MailChimp, Klaviyo, et cetera, like we really do believe in an integrated world. So we'll make it really easy to make sure you're moving the data automatically and the contacts you capture through Privy move over to wherever you're doing email. But increasingly, as we focus on small, we find that, believe it or not, a lot of these merchants, like they're really still not comfortable or know how to set up email marketing. Interesting. So I know you do something different with cart abandonment. How does Privy do it? And maybe what's something you wish every store would get right about cart abandonment. Yeah, I love that one. There's two things that bug me about cart abandonment. And I think they're they're things that very few merchants understand. So first, the majority of of operators are going to wait and they're not going to do anything about cart abandonment until the visitor has left the site, right? Probably the thinking is that if you just turn on the default abandonment email, that that's going to take care of things, right? So I'll get to cart abandonment emails in a sec. I think that's critical. But my feeling is like, if you know, if you can detect that the customer is about to leave their products behind in the cart, like don't wait till they leave. Technology is going to make it easy to understand, hey, here's a visitor. They've got 50 bucks in the cart. They're on the cart page. And then based on some mouse movement or if it's mobile and time on site or kind of tabbing between apps, we know they're about to leave the cart behind, mm-hmm. right? So this is what we call a cart saver, which is actually a targeted pop-up that's just for this very specific audience at the very bottom of the funnel. And that concept, cart savers can actually reduce abandonment by 10% before that person ever abandons, right? So that's one thing is, you know, don't wait, like check out this concept of cart savers. The other is, it's kind of like what I describe as the dirty secret in the industry. Um, so everyone throws around this this word card abandonment emails. This is why I invited you on the show for these dirty secrets. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but most, most email solutions out there, A, don't talk about this, and B, don't even understand the difference between card abandonment and checkout abandonment. Mm. So what I would encourage everyone to do, if you're on Shopify, just log into your dashboard, and check out the analytics tab. And they've got this great conversion rate card there that says like your conversion rate today, right? Underneath that, it'll actually show you how many people added to cart, how many people like landed on the checkout and then how many people placed an order. And you'll notice there's this massive, massive drop off between the cart step and the checkout step. Mm. So your normal abandonment email is actually just a checkout abandonment email 
which is waiting for people to get far enough along in the checkout that they've included their email in the checkout forms. But if the majority is happening around cart abandonment, then you actually need to like leverage the contacts you're capturing at the top of the funnel with cart abandonment emails and actually send it to as many that you can that are leaving before they're far enough along in the checkout. So that's where like the magic and cart recovery through email happens. Mm. So this is in the, so a customer adds something to the cart. They don't even have to go into the checkout, but they add a bunch of items to the cart and they leave. And then a couple hours later, Privy can send an email saying, Hey, you left these items in your cart, not your checkout. Exactly. Exactly. And so how do you, you have to capture their email first, right? So they have to initially yeah. submit their email somehow. And then Privy connects that customer to that cart. Exactly. Yeah. You need it. You need to be good at, at top of funnel email capture, but that's, you know, that's a story that we preach and, and try to make as easy as possible. And so, you know, we'll regularly see people converting five to 10% of new visitors at the top of the funnel into subscribers. And that translates when you turn on cart abandonment emails, because you're able to recognize like roughly five times more people who are abandoning than simply just waiting for the the checkout abandonment webhook or whatever that we all yeah. piggyback off of. What do you recommend for, so like, because it's so important to, ca- if they don't capture that email top of funnel with some compelling reason why a customer needs to put it in, then you can't send the cart abandoned email, correct? Or is there any other way it can, it can send? Yeah. I mean, certainly just like being on the site will recognize like any other email if this is a repeat customer and you know if if it's an email that's already in the system so it it combines people that are you know submitting on your forms at the top of the funnel with people that are repeat customers there's there's just good intelligence there like as an example like incredible company shopify great tools but you know if you're piggybacking off of just a single checkout abandonment inside of shopify today like it's not that there's anything wrong with that. You're just you're just missing a lot of revenue. What do you recommend as far as best practices for collecting emails top of funnel? I think a lot of people overthink it. You know, we we definitely have a lot of data. I think the other day we saw we we've helped people convert 500 million emails now, right? And so there's a there's some benchmarks that I'll share that I think are are helpful. But the single biggest like piece of a a pop-up that drives impact for conversion is actually like the content of what you're saying, right? So is it a sign-up campaign where you're basically just saying, nope, no coupon, just join my email list and we'll send you a newsletter. Okay, sign-ups get 1% of people that see it to sign up. Is it an offer, which is like, hey, join our email list and we'll reveal a code for X, right? Free shipping, 10% off, whatever. That offer is going to convert 5%. And if it's like, enter to win or one of these spin wheels, you can expect 10% or higher. Not that it's all about the signup rate. Sometimes high signup rates lead to low quality subscribers, but you get the idea. Like the benchmarks are helpful in, in inching it up if that's your goal. But I think, I think people overthink it. I think you absolutely need a welcome pop-up. If you're not doing it, you're missing a lot of contacts. Um, and if you're just looking for a good example of, of who to take inspiration from, both from desktop and mobile, I, I actually, there's a company that we work with called Poopery. Mm, yeah, familiar with them. 
And I just think they've done a really... We have we have their uh, pooperies at our office. <laughs> nice. Very important for any office. I think they've just done a really nice job of a top of funnel welcome offer that looks great on mobile, which is where the majority of the traffic is. And just look at some of the big brands that you look up to and that inspire you. I think like it's just gotten so much easier to execute these things. But I'd focus on top of funnel through a welcome pop-up. I'd start with a sign up. And if you're looking to accelerate the sign up rate, then try and offer, you know, inch your way up. And then at the bottom of the funnel, I would try a cart saver because you're still capturing the email in the cart saver. So, you know, those are the two kind of campaigns that I'd be running in terms of email capture on the site. I like it. I can speak a little bit to my personal experience with Privy because I, I, we're both, uh, we don't really, I mean, we build software like you, but I have, you're probably in this boat too. I, do you have family members that run Shopify stores or have stores? Oh yeah. Do you get caught up helping them? <laughs> I mean, can't escape it. Yeah. So I have a brother who, I mean, I got actually multiple family members, but I helped my brother quite a bit. And I remember emailing you about, I don't know, like it might've been close to a year ago now. I said, Hey Ben, can I, can you slip me a copy of Privy for my brother's store? And you hooked me up with one and I put it on and his sentiment was probably similar to what a lot of brands might say at the beginning is they say, I don't want to pop up. That's annoying. That's annoying to my customer. I hate it when a store has a pop-up and I said, just try it. You don't know when you might want to use these emails, but when you want to use them, if you don't collect them, it's too late. So I put it on we had an offer and his store is not very big. He just, it's him and a couple small employees. He's done close to a half a million in (laughs) revenue from privy pop-ups over 2000 orders. Wow. And he used it. Actually, I'll tell you what worked really well for him. And originally, I think we had a the pop up said enter your email for ten percent off, or it was something to that extent. I can't remember exactly. And we got a fair amount, but then on the abandoned cart emails that would go out, it would also offer ten percent. But then that customer already had a ten percent coupon, so it was a bit of a weird thing. They they got the ten percent coupon and then they abandoned it. Hey, here's save ten percent. <laughs> so what we tried was we figured, well, okay, how many people use this 10% coupon a a day or a week? How much are we giving up by it? And I said, what can you offer like every day, every week or every month as a crazy draw? He sells archery targets. And so instead of 10%, every day he'll give away $500 worth of archery targets. And the pop-up is like, enter your email to win a lifetime supply of art. Like that's, it's a only one person's going to get it. But instead of giving 10% 10% off to, you know, 50 people that might redeem it in a day. He gives one really big prize, but that big prize, it's like the lottery. If a whole bunch of people won 20 bucks, well, you're not going to get it. But when that lottery number hits, you can win $500 million. Everyone buys a lottery ticket. Right. So right. I just said, what's the biggest thing you can give away once a week or once a month? And so he does a draw and his conversion of people entering emails actually like tripled. So I don't know, that's my, that's my hot privy tip of the day there. Amazing. No, but you, you brought up a good point. I think it's interesting. Like there's actually a, an undercurrent in D2C Twitter right now that I don't know if it's overtly anti pop-up or whatever, but you know, I think if there's people out there, I'm sure there are some listeners that are nervous about it. I think, you know, what I would say is right now you're probably buying traffic on Instagram or Facebook. And you've probably also invested time in email automation and flows and all this stuff, right? So if you believe that email is a top or has the potential to be a top revenue generating channel for your store, 
and you're already paying to get traffic to your site, like, are you just leaving it up to fate that they, you know, scroll to the bottom and put their email in your footer in bed form? You know, like how, how are you going to grow your list? And so I think we, you know, Privy's expanded into the all in one and all that, but originally we, we built a business purely around just bringing a similar level of sophistication to what you're doing and capture traffic through just some simple targeting rules and easy to design stuff on top of the store. And it really does work. I promise. Yeah. And you know, he went from saying, I don't know if I want pop-ups in my site. And I asked him recently, I'm like, Hey, do you want me to remove those pop-ups? And his quote was something to the extent of no way in hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) That's awesome. And you know what, we, we actually, a thing we've also seen a lot of success for him is he creates lookalike audiences on Facebook based off of the email list. So he goes into Privy, exports out all the emails and creates lookalike audiences with a 1%. And that's actually one of his highest converting audiences in Facebook is the audience created from the Privy campaign. So it's not just, once you start thinking a little bit outside the box, you can... See, I could be a spokesperson for you guys here. I'm like, Jay, did we pay you for this? Like, this is amazing. Yeah, you should put me in touch with him. I, I, he'd be a great guest for my show too. Yeah, it's I well, guy, well, he's he's um he he went from a non-believer to a believer. I'll say that much. Love it. So, <laughs> where was I here? I guess, yeah, card abandonment. You touched on that. I was going to ask you about the concept about pop-ups. You know, best practices. A lot of people say. I, I think you touched on that enough. I I think all I would say on pop-ups is they just need to be on brand and they need to be, you nailed it. You like, if they just pop up and say, subscribe to our list, you're going to annoy people. But if it's a on brand message, I've actually seen people screenshot pop-ups and there's a couple of brands that really do it well. I hate using this example all the time because they <laughs> just did an episode recently, but like pit Viper sunglasses, mm. their pop-up is just like, it says something to the extent of like join, <laughs> sign up for 10% off, and random food recipes, the odd stupid dad joke and something else. And it's just like, anyways, it's just like really on brand with, with their whole website. And I've seen people screenshot their pop-up because it's so good what it's written. So, you know, take time and actually write it well. Yeah. Another good one is, uh, I think death wish does a nice job of this, right? Like they, they write fun copy and they, they're not like spending hours designing these yeah. things. It probably takes five minutes, but it just, it matches the look and feel and incorporates some of the fun like icons that they have throughout the store that fit the brand and yep. the tone of voice is, is there. So it's just a couple minutes and it's going to be the gift that keeps on giving. Can you talk a little bit about like some of the targeting methods you do? I know you can delay or there's pay, like what, how, yeah. what do you recommend as far as targeting uh, with Privy? Yeah. So I actually, I don't know when it goes live, but just did a course for Shopify on list growth. I think it's a topic that people don't understand that well. And there's, it's easy, but there's a lot that goes into it. So um, first thing I would say is like separate out in your mind triggers from targeting rules. Hmm. So triggers are things like, okay, if if this person matches the, the targeting that I want to show the form to, what are they doing on my site? that's going to prompt that form to load, right? So that's maybe they scroll, you know, 70% of the way down the site or a timer. Like I want it to load after 10 seconds or exit intent. Like when I see that they're going to leave the site, right? Those are triggers in terms of targeting, you know, the, the types of rules that we offer, I think are, are what we've become known for, right? So you can target based on 
you know, is number of visits. Like, is this a first time visitor versus 10th? You can target based on has this person ordered or how many times have they ordered or not? How much lifetime spend have they done with you? Geography, referring URL, like maybe you want to show, you know, the same matching creative in your pop-up to the ad that actually drove the click. Like there's all sorts of stuff that you can do there, even down you to like... Send it, so you could send an email with a call to action and then a pop-up can be, holy smokes, you clicked the link in my email. A hundred percent. And actually like we, there's this whole new like m- movement inside our more advanced customers that are targeting privy displays, like a pop-up or a bar to people that are clicking on UTMs and emails, obviously there's no forms in those, but it's like reminding them of their coupon code or, Mm. you know, reminding them that the special that they mentioned in the email only lasts today. Like there's all sorts of interesting stuff. I think once you like understand the foundation of what makes a pop up on the site, you can really tweak it for a number of different use cases. I could, I could see how that could be very powerful. Yeah. It's cool. I like to geek out on it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then you recently launched SMS functionality, correct? Yeah. Yeah. We launched Privy Text um, in March. And so does that integrate the same way with the email does? So it, you can like abandon cart SMSs and that kind of, or wh- where does it come in the funnel? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a few things. So one, we, we, you know, in a way, privies become like the de facto entry point for customer data in the ecosystem, right? And so part of the reason we wanted to push into SMS was, hey, you're already designing your email pop-ups with Privy. Like you want to control the on-site experience and, and understand from one place like what's happening. So maybe you want to target people that are on the email list when they come back to the site and present them with an SMS form, right? Or combine them, whatever. So we wanted to make it easy to control the opt-in for both channels. And in a similar vein, on the customer communication side, we thought for the smaller merchants, like it's just easier if you control it from one spot, right? So rather than set up abandoned cart emails inside one app and then abandoned cart text inside another, we just want to make it simple and let you design and control and target both from a single view, right? So today, Privy Text is really just about cart abandonment. It's actually been growing really nicely, working well for merchants. So, you know, I think I still think it's a little bit early for SMS in general, but, you know, this will be a big area of focus for us into 21 for sure. Are you able to see open rates or, or in SMS or click rates or any data on the comparison between it versus email? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing like way smaller volumes of sends because we only do card abandonment mm-hmm. text, but I mean... Oh, right. Yeah. What's your thought on that? Do you think that's going to change? Like, I guess, you know, email at one point was the same. Yeah. I think the industry standard now in emails, like 20% is the average open rate. You know, I think we're dipping our toe because we're a little bit nervous around broadcast text. Mm -hmm. I think it's so freaking hard for merchants to nail a single channel and people still are focused on email. And I think it's the right thing. But my advice is really like in business, whether you're selling online or, or even a SaaS app like ours, Jay, I think a single channel can get you to $10 million if you nail it well, wow. right? So choose one that's going to be best for your customers and and really get it right. I think for that reason, 
text is starting to grow quickly, but I still think it's a couple years before mainstream e-commerce is doing it. But once that happens, yeah, like you're already seeing in the, in the recent Apple iPhone update, the iOS, like there's, there's a, almost like a, a known inbox from people, contacts that are stored in your phone versus like texts that are sent from unknown senders, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think a very similar thing will happen over time, but it's very early days in, in text. So I think there's plenty of room to go. So now's the time to take advantage of it because it's like any any new platform when it's new, you, it's it's opportunistic to use it and then eventually it becomes mainstream, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it is a good time to try it. But I would say try it if you're like completely dialed into email as a channel. Yeah. Right. I think the challenge I see is when people like spread themselves too thin and like they haven't done email well and now they're trying text and they're not doing text well either. It's like, oof. So it's just a mishmash. Yeah. What's in uh, store for the future for Privy? What big goals do you have? Like, let's say the next year and the next five years. So much, right? Like, I think we're currently going through a refresh. Like, two years ago, anyone who knew Privy at the time, like, thought of us just as a pop up company. And now we're kind of with the tools we rolled out, we really expanded that. So, I think we're doing a ton around product development here. And, you know, my belief is just that small brands, like, the, the one thing they need to do is increase revenue, right? So as easy as it's gotten a launch on Shopify, it's actually harder to grow. And so, you know, I don't think it's just software from Privy. Yes, we want to provide an all-in-one platform, but it's really for us also about the education and the support and coaching mm-hmm. that these businesses need to get past a million in sales, right? So that includes things like our podcast, the e-commerce marketing show that I do with Dave, or like next week, we're actually launching a book called the e-commerce marketing handbook, our masterclass series. Like for us, it's it's so much more than mm-hmm. software. We really want to provide like a credible source for coaching and education as well. I think that's awesome. Yes, I've I heard a lot about this book. It seems to pop up <laughs> on my social media feeds. I know, so I know. Whatever you're doing is working. It's uh, it's all it's over the place. It's been fun. It's been fun. You can think of it as like, you know, remember those old like for dummy book series. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying to like take a similar approach to some common marketing concepts for e-commerce. Nice. Okay. I want to jump into our lightning round to end this off here. I don't know. I, I, I sent the questions over. I don't know if you had a chance to look at them beforehand or not, but I'm going to drill you with a few questions here and uh, whatever comes to mind, fire it off. Let's do it. You ready? Yeah. Okay. What is the biggest mistake in e-commerce you see merchants make? Ooh, I don't know if it's a mistake or something that that bugs me. And I want to hear from you on this in my podcast, but sometimes it's, it's really frustrating when like, I want to buy something from a subscription brand, but I need to subscribe monthly to do it. Right. Like more options around, maybe it's quarterly or like, Hey, can I just buy it once and try it before I'm subscribed? Um, I think that's a big opportunity. I can definitely touch on that on your podcast. Please. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know it. Yeah, that could, I could go down a rabbit trail on that. That's uh, so, okay. What uh, my next question was, what do you have a pet peeve when you shop online? Yeah. Um, for me, a pet peeve when I shop online, you know, like those pop-ups and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually. Well, well, one thing that kills me actually is, 
when I don't. When someone doesn't have an email pop up? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> just waiting for it and waiting for no, it. No, when I, when I take an action on an e-commerce store and I don't get an immediate confirmation, right? So that could be okay. signing up for a pop-up and there's no like confirmation screen. We call it the thank you page. Or that could be when I make a purchase and there's no like great confirmation email and no great confirmation thank you page, right? Like I think each of those moments is critical and sometimes they're just overlooked. Yeah, I almost always go right to my email inbox after I buy something and I check to just confirm if I got an email with all the information, order number, it's like, do I need to take a screenshot of this page that I, you know, if I need to reference it later or did I have it all? I think I heard somewhere too that email order confirmations are one of the highest opened emails of any email in general, probably not just order confirmations, but also any type of form confirmation. Yes. So if you're filling out a form for a 10% coupon code and then you just need to confirm that you like, you can bet that customer is probably going to go and check their email that they got it there. They could put other information in there, you know, the top products or some other, like that's a perfect chance to build that relationship. Yeah. The after sign up email is critical. Yeah. That's got to be one of the highest open rates emails. It, it is really high and, and post-purchase confirmation for sure. One thing I would just say on the pop-up confirmation though, while we're on it, in case it's helpful for people, I highly recommend also having a confirmation screen on the site in the pop-up because otherwise, if you just expect that they go check their email, you're taking them off of your site, right. which you know we never want to do. That's a good tip. What's your favorite thing about your job? Ooh, for me, I mean, my like the favorite stuff is supporting customers, like in customer support, hopping on a call, like learning about their business. I think I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to do less of that as we've grown our team, but that's the stuff that kind of brings me back to my mission and mm. really just gets me energized. What are you at now? Team wise size? We're 65. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. What's your favorite online store or last place you bought something? Well, favorite online store. You have to have one. Okay. Uh, Buck Mason. Oh, I never heard of them. Buckmason.com. Great, great men's clothing. And recently I actually like donated a ton of my closet, like all my formal clothes because I just am wearing t-shirts every day. So, and they all come from Buck Mason. Oh, interesting. You know what? I'm looking at their homepage right now and this like, (laughs) looks like clothes you wear. I see. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Suits you. There you go. Okay, cool. Uh, I have to check it out. I hadn't heard of them. Are they a client of yours too? Uh, actually, don't think they are. Ah, not yet, at least. Yeah, exactly. Number one thing you think stores could be doing right now to grow sales, but aren't. Mm. I think adding more than one email to your card abandonment series. I think. I think so many people I see just have one go out and think it might be overkill to keep going. But I think, you know, at least three and, you know, you're just going to be getting more at bats there. I'd agree with that. What just really quick, I meant to ask this when we were talking about card abandonment. The obvious question that comes to mind is, are you not robbing Peter to pay Paul kind of thing? Like if, do you think people abuse the card abandonment, like add stuff to their cart, wait a couple hours, check the cart, get the coupon and go? Do you have any suggestions around that? Or do you say, you know what? Yes, there will always be a percentage of people that do that. But, you know, 70% of the people you're legitimately recapturing. So it's it, you have to just take the pros with the cons kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I would 
maybe boil that down to like the bad actor problem, right? Like there's definitely people that are going to do that. I think maybe many of them work in this industry <laughs> and are mm. founders of stores or work at companies like Bold or Privy that, that do that stuff. But I may or know, may not have added items to a cart, waited two hours, got the <laughs> Right. Like I do it all the time. But, um, you know, like when it comes to what you should be sending in abandonment, like I, I think a three email series is right. But I think the first one, is actually a hundred percent, like nothing fancy, a hundred percent customer support oriented from the founder, plain text. Hey, I saw you left this behind. I'm the founder. Are there any questions I can help answer for you? Right. So I think it's like a, a low risk send. Right. And, you know, versus like just, just rushing into a coupon as an example. I think there's a time and a place for that later in the series, but the first one should be customer support. Okay. So that makes sense. And then maybe the next after six hours of the next day, like, Hey, we noticed you still like would 10% off help or after three emails. Exactly. And, gotcha. and maybe when you do send that, it's a unique coupon code that expires 24 hours later. Like, you know how you can do that in most gotcha. email gotcha. solutions so that there's actual urgency. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah. Most of our listeners are business owners, entrepreneurs. What's Ben Jabway's favorite quote or business advice or Maybe something you have on your wall somewhere or Ooh, that you can share with our listeners. Yeah, it's something I should get on my wall. It's not. But, you know, early on in Privy, we, we weren't a rocket ship. Like it actually took me a while to, to figure this out. And one of the things that motivated me was a quote from Jason Lemkin. He's kind of big in the SaaS world, but he, I think it was a tweet or a LinkedIn post. He said, if you can get to one customer, you can get to 10. If you can get to 10 customers, you can get to 100. If you can get to a hundred, you can get a thousand, you know, I've found like time and time, like I go back to that and uh, it's so true and just such a simple motivator at each of those little like micro milestones. Yeah. Well, that perfectly leads to my last question, which is if you could give one piece of advice to a store trying to get from, well, I had zero to a thousand in my range here, but we could, you know, the first hundred sales and then a different piece of advice for a store going from a thousand to a hundred thousand. Sure. Any thoughts on those two ranges of something that might help for merchant A and then merchant B? Yeah. So in the zero to a hundred or zero to a thousand, I think, you know, one of the things that differentiates you is that you're the founder, you've got a personal story. And I think when you're small, you got to do things that showcase that and that probably won't scale, but you can do them now because you've got time, right? So in your Shopify dashboard, if you are actually looking at the people who are abandoning the cart, like send in a, a manual email, ask mm. if they have questions, like give them your phone number, who cares, right? Um, I think in a lot of the emails, I, I recommend going for the reply, whether it's an after sign up email or an order confirmation, like start the conversation and then make sure that founding story is something that you write down in multiple formats that you've got one that goes in the headline that's on the home page on your about page that's at the bottom of your emails your social like i think early on it's the story if you can get your story right in front and center that's going to be the reason that people buy early on you're not amazon and you shouldn't try to be when it comes later like a thousand to a hundred thousand, I think just kind of maybe speaking off the cuff from personal experience for me, it's about team. Like my team is everything. And, um, we've really leveled that up over the last few years. And 
what I learned is that I needed to fill a role myself before I hired for it. It helped me understand what we needed, like what that person would be responsible for. And then exactly like when I was hiring, which of the candidates would actually be able to do it better than I was, right? Because, you know, I had no customer support experience or no sales experience or no marketing experience. But if you can figure it out a little bit yourself, then you can be better at hiring. And then if you do recognize the importance of building that team early, and, and for me, it's been critical, and you now know what to hire for, then, you know, that means you'll be able to train them better. And, and that means that, you know, sooner you'll be able to spend time actually growing the business while that person takes over the function. Otherwise, you'll never be able to pick your head up for air long enough to, to get from that thousand to a hundred thousand. Yeah. And that is a very hard transition for a lot of people when it's like, cause it's the extreme opposite. Like your advice for the first part is get close to the customer, do is, you know, work with them, give them your phone number, talk to them. But then like the second stage is enable other people and support them, help them to be the best version of themselves and what they're doing. And you're really there for your team. Although ultimately it's for the merchant, but you're, you have to support your team. So, yeah. um, I know a lot of people struggle with that transition, but if you can get it right, you are, you nailed it with that piece of advice. Yeah. I mean, you know, right. You guys are what? 200 now? 300? 400, Ben. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think, I don't, I don't think we've hit 400. I think we're like 380 or 390, but somewhere That's up there. amazing. My, so my first Shopify Unite was probably 2016 or 2017, I forget. And I'll never forget, like, it was just me at the time and a couple of my, like, founding developers. And um, I went out alone. And on stage, they had a promotional video about Bolt. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I think you were probably, like, 50 people at the time. I was like, wow, like, that's incredibly inspiring. Like, we could be, Aww. we could do it. So, thank you. Well, you've you. done it, man. You've done it. <laughs> The community, this the ecosystem in e-commerce has just been amazing. Like guys like you, and there's so many others. It's uh, it really blows my mind. It sometimes you you pinch yourself, and it kind of seems like is this real? Like, yeah, we kind of like compete in some areas, but we're we're friends too, and we're uh, it's it's an interesting space. And I I think as long as you don't have a limit, I don't know what the term is, limiting mindset where you think like the pie is only so big, but right. it's not. And it's, we all can work together and, and just, and it's actually true. Like in 2016, I bet you there's 10 times more people selling online right. now than there was then. And so the pie isn't just as big. We can all, everyone can flourish. And so we really embrace that way of thinking. And I think you guys do as well. And you have worked <laughs> so totally. Well, it's been great having you on, Ben. I uh, thank you so much. Where can people learn more about Privy? Just head over to privy.com, P-R-I-V-Y. Uh, we got all sorts of educational stuff and, and software to check out. And I think you can try it. It's free, right? There's a starter plan? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've got a very robust free version focused on small business. Awesome. If you're not collecting emails and using them, definitely check out Privy. It's made a huge difference for the people in my, in my family using it. I'll say that much. <laughs> That's so cool. I so, love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ben. All right. Thanks, Jack. That's it for another episode of Own Your Commerce. 
If what you've heard has helped you in any way, I'd love it if you'd leave us a review in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's a new podcast and reviews really help spread the word. And if you know someone you think that might benefit from this podcast, share it with a friend. If you'd like to learn more about Bold, visit boldcommerce.com. You can view all our past episodes. And if you have a story you'd like to tell, we'd love to have you on the show. You can apply to be a guest or suggest a guest on our website as well. That's all for now. And we'll see you next week.